Alright, so, uh, hey everybody, this is Scooter. If you can help me out and uh, take the survey over at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash survey. Uh, VN Graveyard said it took them uh, 40, 14 minutes and 47 seconds. So it's supposed to take 15 minutes and uh, it'll be a huge help to learn who's watching this show. It'll be a huge help to learn who's listening to this show, what your likes and dislikes are. So if you can just take the uh, time to do it. The time of recording this, we're over halfway there. And I just need a tiny percentage of you, you know, again, if tomorrow 1% of you do it, I think we'll be done uh, that are hearing this. Uh, tomorrow you remember sleepwithmepodcast.com survey. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks. Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep we do with a bedtime story all you need to do is get in bed turn out the lights and press play i'm going to do the rest and you might say well, geez, okay what where am i what's the rest who okay let's slow it down what's the rest i'm going to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's running through your brain whatever's racing through your brain whatever feelings you might have emotionally uh, or if you're like me, whatever numbness you might have, you know, numbness you might have emotionally, or whatever physical sensations are going through your body. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to take your mind off stuff. I'm gonna tell a lulling, soothing tale. Well, the tale won't be lulling or soothing. I'll use lulling, soothing tones. I'll get easily distracted, just like I did there. I don't even know. I said there's nothing to distract me. You know, just the old squirrel brain, as we've talked about before. Whatever's going on that's got you up at night and you can't get to sleep, I'm going to try to take your mind off that. I'm going to try to distract you. I'm going to use the lulling, soothing tones. You know, pointless aside, it got a pretty extensive toolkit of distracting type stuff. But, 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 but the main thing is you just lie back there in your bed and you can do what we call here on the podcast reflective listening. And I guess it's it's not super devious for your brain, your body, and your feelings because you, you can't shut your ears off. You know, you could plug them. You know, but the beauty of the, the eardrum is whenever you, it's, it's, it's always on situation. And it feels like that way at bedtime. Like I call them brain bots. Some people call them pain bots. Some people call them ex-boyfriend bots that I've heard from. But whatever, you know, shame bots, that might be mine. But whatever it is, it doesn't feel like they have an off switch. And as soon as you get in bed, they perk up and they start jockeying for your attention. If if they don't have an off switch, I don't have a point switch. Or, you know, say, geez, press that button where you get to the point. Yeah, it's a button that you press in and it slowly goes in, so slowly. It's made out of like some some new rubber they got. They call it slow rubber. I don't know, you know, for slowing stuff down. I think they use it, you know, in those, uh, you know, mountain passes for trucks. And for this, my get to the point button. That's it. Those are the only things it's used for. And maybe moon, you know, moon landing stuff one day. But that's it. I'm going to try to take your attention off things. You get comfortable. That's the safe place. I, I want to help you fall asleep.
Now, this podcast is a little bit different. I'm, I'm, I'm a unique individual would be the most uh, neutral way to say it. And, I'm, uh, you know, I, I always try to find a metaphor, and I kind of feel like I'm stuffing this metaphor in here. But every once in a while I say, she said, I'm a human being, you know, I get irritated, I get irritable. Have you ever noticed how when you get a bedtime, you say, geez, okay, who cares about this? Or even during the day, it's like that for me a lot of times. And I've been noticing a lot of irritation in the hand washing in the, in the public restrooms. Because it feels like, okay, you know, I, I'm pro-dryer, but, but, but I'm not a strict dryer. You know, I say, well, geez, if you get a dryer, I'm going to use it. If there's paper towels, I'll try to use them, but I'll try to be conscientious that they're made of freaking paper, you know. But, you know, the main thing is wash your hands because you want to spread germs to people with low, lower immune systems than you. You know, have our or get sick, you know, if you, wanted to, if you want to look at it that way. But I've been noticing... And maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just this part of my brain that keeps me moving. See, is it just me or all the paper towel dispensers nowadays overpacked, over, overstuffed? And I get it. I say, Jesus, they want to, you know, they, is it cup, is it corporate cutbacks? They say, hey, stuff the hell out of that paper towel dispenser because they ain't paying you to stuff it again. Is it, uh, over, is there some sort of new, you know, is there going to be a paper, you know, paper dispense, dispensary? You know, is there some sort I, I don't know, but it feels like every time I go to get a paper towel, the paper towel dispenser is so stuffed I have to pull at it. And then the paper towel rips, and then I got to try to grab it with my fingertips, and then I grab like three or four. And then you got to go through a debate. Do I put them on top, but they're kind of wet? Do I take, then I take them with me? I say, well, use them at lunch. And then I say, then I forget, if I forget to use my lunch, then I put them in this drawer I have. It used to be my hot cocoa drawer. But I say, but I move my hot cocoa to just a shelf, along with, you know, hot mustard, soy sauce, uh, fortune cookie, you know, those fortune cookies that I may just need one day. And then hot mustard, you know how hard it is to get hot mustard and soy sauce. And of course, hot cocoa. That now has its own shelf, but uh, the shelf that was below. Because I made a tea drawer. But below the tea drawer is, you know, I guess orphaned paper towel drawer. They say, well, geez, I don't need, you know, I don't need napkins. I got orphaned paper towels. And I don't know if that's just something I, I has been bothering me or not. But, but it's weird how things are. You know, you see, someone's trying to stuff the hell out of a thing with good intentions. It's not like there's a, well, there could be some evil bathroom gnome of course i didn't think of this till just now that it could be an evil force i was like oh i was going to attribute this to just my you know way of thinking but it could be an evil force i mean it could be it could be a force it could be an evil gnome it could be you know some sort of uh against coke brother conspiracy it could be that um what else it could be just a, you know a pranksters the old uh uh, trying to crack. I don't know if anybody heard the mystery show, the Cotter episode, but the pranksters uh, could be. But uh, ideally, uh, evil force in general, that would be pretty cool. But you say, geez, do you don't if you're you don't get anything better to do with your force than overstuff paper towel. And you say, what is it? I don't. And I guess that'd be evil force. You'd have to sit down with it and say, tell me all about this about stuffing of paper towel dispensers. But none of this kind of, uh, none of these roads that I'm trying to go down, they don't have any business at bedtime. 
And you're not a paper towel dispenser, clearly. I mean, if you are, hey, welcome to the podcast. Glad you're here. So forget what I said. I'm open to dispensers and dispense other dispensing products. And I'm not anti-dispensing packing. I know if you, for the most part until that evil interlude back there where I was just curious. They say, geez, well, I didn't think about that. It could be bad guys. But I see mostly it's probably somebody saying, hey, I just want to make sure there's enough paper towels for everybody. And it kind of nice. I like the uh, friction it creates. And I like that, you know, crazy guy that comes out you know, muttering. It cracks me up when he comes out old scoots. And I don't know why he uses a paper towel because he always wipes his hands on himself anyway. And then he eats an orange, wipes his hands on his pants. Then he eats a plum, wipes his hands on his pants. So he, he doesn't, he shouldn't even wash his hands. But he kind of feels like when you lie down in bed, all of a sudden stuff like that comes up. And you, you say, hey, what about these paper? Come on. And then you say, but she's okay. Yeah, that really does get me. And I bet you it's that, uh, you know, person at work trying to cut corners. And well, it might be that. That's how my, but it might be your body might just be saying, hey, here's your ankle. It hurts now. Or we got an itchy spot here. What about over here? Or it might be, it could be any, any of a billion different things. And, and why? Why do you, why do you get about bug me right when I'm trying to get to bed? You know, in the grand scheme of things, who gives a shit about these paper towel dispensers? Let's be honest with each other, right? It's like, it's, it's, uh, you know, you, you use your pants. Uh, that's what I'd say. So I don't know if that distracted you at all, but, but it's like, uh, sometimes you need to be distracted. You see, what you, sometimes you need somebody you can count on. Just say, hey, it's a paper towel dispenser, man. You know, take it, take it easy, take a breath. It's just paper towels. It's not, you know. And then you might say, well, it's the friggin' trees. What about the, you know? And and then if it was a real good friend, or you might have some sort of positive internal, whatever you call it, that I'm searching for. If you do, let me know about it. And if I could borrow yours forever, it'd be great. But I can imagine that part of you where they should be like, uh, hey, uh, yeah, well, we, if, we, if we take a couple breaths here, we'll be better equipped to deal with global warming. And, you know, we'll be better, you know, it starts with being kind to other people, maybe being a good listener. And then maybe, yeah, we'll find if we're more relaxed, maybe we'll find a little more time to do something to make a small positive changes in this world. And then you might say, we still might not buy it. You know, we might say, rah, rah. and for a lot of us, it doesn't even feel like you have an option, right? You're just like, you just, you're just like me. You might, I say, you might be a little tiny, but you can relate to me. Hopefully you're not like me. Hopefully you say, well, I could see, you know, I have one, you know, at least I'm not like Scooter, but I can see, you know, I do not... Anyway, I just hope you're not like me, honestly. But maybe you can relate to those things. And you see, but you can't, it's hard to shut it down too, right? So I guess my point is, you know, sometimes you don't even feel like you have a choice. That's where I was going. You say, geez, I can't even, I can't calm myself down and you need someone externally. That's so well adjusted, they should be paid hundreds of dollars an hour. And maybe that's the option. You know, hopefully you get an insurance company that'll do it for you, or maybe you do that, or maybe you just have a good friend. But in this case, I, I can just, uh, I can't do any of that professional level stuff. What I can do is like a little bit of a song and dance. 
That is, uh, you know, that's a song you just complained about paper towels for eight minutes. You say, okay, well, that's a uh, song and dance-like routine to take your mind off stuff so you don't think about everything that's going on with you. And I'm going to use these glowing, soothing tones. And we go from here. Personal problems will be set aside the best I can from here on out. And we're going to move into a story. The lovely Judy Garland is in this story. The lovely Dame, as I like to call her, Dame Julie Andrews. Judy Garland, Julie Andrews. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the person we don't know enough about, uh, Joan Crawford. We got Drake. We got other people. Mumble Bear. What's that, Mumble Bear? Super Dave Osborne. Thanks, Mumble Bear. So, so kick back. I'm glad you're here. And, and, and the main thing is, it, see, geez, this is strange. This, might, this isn't one of my better intros, I don't say. case. just couldn't get, get get past those paper towels. And couldn't paper towel the old metaphor. But I, I, I want to help you fall asleep. So, so that, that's what this podcast is here for. I gl- I'm glad you tried out. Thanks for stopping by. All right, housekeeping. We're on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. Older episodes are there. And you can find us on iTunes, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash iTunes. If you want to review us there, subscribe. And it's important, or Overcast, uh, or Overcast, Podcast, Stitcher, or any podcast thing. And, and remember to stay subscribed to the podcast. That way it just comes straight to you. And you don't get worried about downloading or whatever. And Overcast is a, is right now for if you have an Apple device, that's a, a app I'm recommending strongly just because it has chapter marks. And it's other. I, I personally was using Pocket Cast, but now I'm like, and I had paid for that. It's a great app. But there's a, so, but you could decide. These are all free. Uh, Pocket Cast costs three ninety nine. Overcast is free, and then it's donate. Then you. Uh, if you like it, you just donate some money to Marco, who made uh, Overcasts. But if you already have something that works for you, don't let me mess you up or anything, especially because I was trying to get through the housekeeping and I went off track. Uh, so, oh, if you want to get a hold of us, comment on the website, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. We're on Twitter at Dear Scooter. We're on Facebook. On Facebook and Twitter, I try to post sleep-related articles, bloopers. Also on Twitter, I try to retweet. I say, Jesus, I look, you know, I say, oh, that person said, I try to retweet some stuff uh, all day long if possible. Uh, so that's that. Um, a couple other things. Uh, survey. Uh, if you can, if you shop at Trader Joe's, let the store manager know or email Trader Joe's that they should be sponsoring podcasts. Uh, in particular, this podcast. They're the ideal sponsor I would want to shoot for. And some people say, well, they don't market or whatever. It's unrealistic. So why not try? Having a podcast about people sleep was pretty unrealistic, too. And that didn't stop us. And I just would like to, uh, like, make it playful. Tell the manager, tell the manager to pass it on. And I appreciate the people, Taylor, Summer, and the other people doing it out there. Have fun while you're doing it. You know, say something nice. Or e- email the corporate office. Because they say, geez, if there's ever a time... And if Trader Joe's is looking down the road, at some point, there's just this is just the perfect medium for them. And there's so many good podcasts they could be testing it out on. And just imagine 
And I know not everybody has a Trader Joe's, but it'll still be fun. And sponsors are what are, is going to make the podcast sustainable. And if we're going out and getting the sponsors, I mean, some sponsors are coming to me. Uh, but if we're going out and getting the ideal sponsors, uh, it'd, it'd be great to have, have a little more control over things and make it more fun. And even if it's good for the medium, say Trader Joe says, well, you're a little boring for us, you know, but we're going to advertise on my brother, my brother and me or mystery show or something that would be great for the medium. I, I could care less, you know. So if we can just get them, get a, a dialogue started. Because we don't not we don't just need to make this podcast sustainable, you know. Uh, Radiotopia's got their fun drive going, and if you you know we need to keep the podcast we love sustainable too. So just think about that. Uh, also, speaking of podcasts, on Monday and Wednesday nights we have Sleep to Strange, which is a separate podcast without the intros. Older episodes of this podcast without the intros. It's a separate feed. It's on iTunes. It's on Android. Sleepwithmepodcast.com slash strange for iTunes. And sleepwithmepodcast.com slash strange Android. If you can go over there and subscribe, then you'll have backup material to sleep to uh, five nights a week. Okay, that's that. I want to thank Chris Bosey Posterson over at Sounds Like an Earful who does our music. And hopefully he'll be doing more for the show down the road here. He's over at SoundsLikeAnEarful.com. I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer on our artwork and on our honor. And we have a, a Facebook uh, subreddit that's run by F2 to F Tacos Twice. And we have a Facebook uh, so that you can go sleep on me podcast.com slash reddit, R-E-D. I don't know how to spell Reddit. I can't think of it off of R-E-D-I-T-T or R-E-D-D-I-T. I'll put it under both. And we also have a long-standing, wonderful Facebook group. The Reddit is new. The Facebook group is uh, long-standing. And that's over at sleepmoviepodcast.com slash nods. And I want to thank our moderators there. I want to thank uh, Julie C., Rachel L. to the G., Lyle Lyle, Jennifer B., Laura and Alexandra. And if you want to join that, so, uh, go ahead and look at me slash nods or slash reddit. Those will be two like kind of unofficial communities that I try to participate in when I can. And then it's promotion time to promote some stuff. And I want to start off, i got two things to talk about tonight. I want to talk about, I want to thank Jason and Jennifer for their wonderful support. And they're a lovely couple, and you'll be seeing them real soon, some of you. Because Jason has his own YouTube channel. It's called uh, 2015, The Year I Got the Runs. And it's a story, it's kind of like a, a running, uh, I, I guess, a v, is that a V-blog? I don't know. It's a YouTube channel, that's what I'd call it. And it's about Jason, who decided that, uh, you know, to make 2015 the year he took running a little bit serious. Let's see, from, from Jason's, let me use Jason's word. At 36 years old, Jason realized he wasn't the skinny kid who could eat anything. And his body started jiggling. And he was like, what well, can I start moving? And he joined a gym, but that didn't work. Then he tried CrossFit, and that worked. But then he said, well, I like running. And then he started running a little bit, but uh, 
for 2015, he set a goal for himself. It was the year he got the runs, and uh, he's 44. And his goal this year is run 50 miles in different 5K, 10Ks, and half marathons. And his channel chronicles all the aspects of his journey. And it's it's really funny. Jason and Jennifer are really funny. And they, they seem like wonderful, wonderful people besides that fact. And it, it, just, so just check it out, and I'll link to it in the show notes. And but on top of that, Jason, this in this week's episode of uh, The Year I Got the Runs, he talks about Sleep With Me. And it's actually one of the most touching uh, things I never expected when I started this podcast uh, to be in some other wonderful person's YouTube video and it's wonderfully done and that's all I'm going to say about it and it's also funny so you got to watch and listen at the same time uh, because J- Jennifer and Jason are up to a little nonsense which is funny nonsense so that'll be linked in the show notes and I really appreciate that and I want you to follow them going forward and actually, if anyone from Sleep Phones, don't forget about tweeting about Sleep Phones if you have any pictures. But I wonder if Jay, we, maybe we need to get Jason hooked up with Run Phones. So remind me of that. And then also, right before Halloween, we had some fun on Twitter. I would say we had a little faux Twitter battle with the No Sleep podcast because it was coming up on Halloween. And it's just weird timing that right before Halloween on iTunes, it was No Sleep was ranked right above us in iTunes. And this is one of these podcasts that's been around for a while and that has paved the way for podcasts like mine, even though there's this much different. This is a podcast David Cummings started years ago, and he's just done what great podcasters do, which is continue to keep putting out good stuff, make it keep making it better, and grow and develop a community. And, 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 do, and so he's an inspiration and it was just cool to be ranked anywhere near. It was just cool to be ranked anywhere near No Sleep podcast. And it was cool to be acknowledged and say, hey, so we had a little back and forth and it was fun. It was just strange that we were like two ships in the night passing right there, sleep, no sleep, and sleep with me. And I know I've heard from some of you that listen to No Sleep. Now, No Sleep is a, uh, a be- like not a bedtime story podcast. It's a, it's a scary podcast. And I'm just going to read from the site here. Uh, but there's also a wonderful feature I could talk about at the end. Uh, in the spring of 20, 2010, a new forum appeared on Reddit uh, called No Sleep. And a concept of the forum or the subreddit was to be a place where people could post uh, scary stories, original scary stories, about frightening things an online version of spooky stories around a campfire. So creative and yeah, I know this isn't going to be up for all of you, and maybe this isn't the best time, but, I, you know, David needs to get his due for, for, for paving the way for podcasts like mine, so please indulge me. But a year later, according to their website, No Sleep was growing at a rapid pace, and one one member, Matt Hansen, said, hey, let's do a podcast with the top stories narrated in audiobook style. Uh, the response was quite positive, and over the next few months, uh, members put together what would become the No Sleep Podcast, which was launched in 2011. And David Cummings assumed the role of host and producer. 
and they release a new episode every two weeks. And they, they've been produced. I mean, I know the work that goes into a podcast like mine. Now, there's this more than one story with a rich, rich layered audio. So, and just to go back full circle, so it's a scary podcast, but they take the time on their website to list the trigger warning warnings. So if you're worried about, well, geez, I don't want to, you know, I'm sensitive to this subject matter, you can double check on the website. And I'll say, well, if you're sensitive to this, you probably should skip this episode. But it's also hidden, so you got to click on it so you don't get spoiled. Uh, but mostly I just want to mention it because any chance I have to mention people that set the foundation for this podcast... And if I, if any of you are, you know want, want, are looking for that, say, geez, check it out, you know. And I know not everybody will, but 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 some of you will. And or even if you don't see a tweet, tweet at David, uh, and just say hi, you know, or follow them because they were trying to get to thirty one hundred uh, Twitter followers by Halloween. So let's get them to like, uh, I don't know. 11,000, I don't think we could do that, but 11,100 by November. Well, I don't know, this episode will be coming up. But anyway, so I just wanted to thank uh, David C. from No Sleep and Jason and Jennifer uh, from the year I got to run and, and promote their stuff because they were all uh, great people, you know, pu pushing, you know, stepping outside their comfort zones and, and inspiring me truly. So thank you. And let's get on with the show. All right, I'm firing up the old Twitter time. It's trending Twitter Tuesday here. Uh, no stand. Okay. Oh, here we go. So I'm gonna take a picture of this, and then uh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do check the old Silvertone. I'm gonna check the old Silvertone hashtag. I'll be right back. I mean, you won't know I'm gone. Believe me. All right. So when we last left off. Here we are at the conclusion of the final. I, I hope, I think it's the final part of our Halloween story here. Ideally, this is playing before Halloween. I'm not positive, though. We've got so much wonderful material from this accidental trip I took in the uh, unidentified, strange uh, after world I ran into. Uh, but the long and short of the story that you, you may or may not have heard is that... Uh, uh, Judy Garland was mad at me uh, for mixing her name up with Julie Andrews, who may have been mad at me. Somehow I met me up then to Joan Crawford in, in there somewhere. Uh, now ends up as a lucky, lucky thing I offended them because they're in some sort of alternative world. I think after, maybe say parallel after. I don't, I don't know how to describe the world, but Judy Garland was in trouble and she called for me. The, the person that took me there was uh, my old piano teacher, and then she took me, she, she, well, she just dropped me off, which I guess I should have at the time been like, well, why didn't you come see the lovely Judy, Judy Garland? But Judy Garland told me that her world was uh, under a dictatorship by, uh, I guess I, again, uh, you know, male jerk alert, Thado, I assumed was a man, Thado. And was a dictator. Is there is a dictator does sound very patriarchal, but uh, I don't know. It's about time we get some female dictators going. Uh, so I guess this is a start. Unfortunately, it was my 
old piano teacher, spoiler. But in order to win, uh, Theta was willing to give up the, the, the crown uh, by uh, costume contest. Theta was so confident. Theta was so confident in Theta's ability to uh, win costume contests every Halloween. She said, anybody that can beat me can, you know, have control of the universe. But if you come in third place or lower, I think if you just, if you enter, maybe second place, something, I don't know. So Judy Garland, I don't know, again, I don't know where she gets her information that I'm great at this. Well, maybe she saw something in me I couldn't see in myself because I said, hey, I'm pretty not bad at coming up with costumes. So I met uh, Joan Crawford, costumed her. I just come up with the ideas, which is good because I'm not good at, uh, execution anyway so i picked out her costume then i went to julie andrews picked out her costume or her uh, character and then also mumble bear and uh super dave osborne were escorting me as uh you know helpers and drake you know world famous drake but uh so we got that then we went back to then i found out my piano teacher was thado she tried to catch me and drake but drake's dancing and singing remixes freed us and then we got back to julie andrews or no oh boy judy garland uh picked a costume for judy garland and, and then we said hey let's get a good night's sleep well drake was already asleep actually drake goes to bed pretty early for a part you know for someone i thought was a partier I guess when it's not time to party, Drake gets good sleep. It was smart, you know, this Drake, this is probably the best. Accidentally getting on this podcast is the best PR move. If Drake wants to start starting, like, you know, get get a breakfast cereal going or be in a car. Well, maybe not. But, I mean, anyway, not important. Uh, so Drake was asleep, then I went to sleep, and now we, we let's pick, pick up right where we left off. How's that sound? All right, so here we are. It's Halloween morning. Hey, everybody, it's me. Uh, it's straight. Me just here in my room with me and Drake. Drake's here. Or our, well, I guess it's not our room. It's in uh, Ju- Judy Garland's castle. But it won't be for long because soon she'll be moving. Well, I didn't ask her if Sato uh, has like a... Actually, the less I know about this universe, the better. All I know is uh, Drake's getting dressed up as A.C. Slater, looking smooth. Uh, but, uh, you know, between you and me, Drake was like, does A.C. Slater have a catchphrase? And I said, probably. And then Drake asked me what it was, and I said, I don't know. I honestly don't know. And then he said, you figure, and I said, do not call me Screech. We already talked about that. You know, if I have to, I'll be Lisa Turtle or... Uh, they said that's the only character I feel comfortable being and I said I have chosen not to be a Saved by the Bell character for Halloween and then Drake got all curious Drake said why do you think you identify with Lisa Turtle and then he did a pause like that where I thought he was inquisitive and he said and not Screech and I said, I don't know, maybe I, I, I don't know, maybe I said, I don't know, I don't know, Drake. I just, uh, I don't want to be Screech, and no offense to the other characters. I'm not sure I could or would want to fill Zach's shoes. Obviously, you've got AC Slater covered like I've never seen before. And I was like, you know, you're like the best AC Slater I've ever encountered. I mean, you uh, so I don't, I don't know why they say, you know, I could never be like you, AC, AC. 
And I said, was this all just to help you brainstorm one of his? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, yeah, sorry, I don't know. I haven't watched Saved by the Bell in a while. And then there was a knock at the door, and uh, I said, yes. And I said, it's time to depart because it was Halloween. Halloween late afternoon, to be honest with you. All Hallows afternoon. And it was time to, uh, time to... Uh, time, time to, uh, time to go. Uh, it's time, time to go. Uh, and it was time, time to go. So we went down. Anyway, boring stuff. Went down through the castle. I mean, I guess it wasn't boring. I just didn't take the time to appreciate it because it's like, when are you going to be in a castle again? But whatever. What do you, What can you do? What can you do? So I guess I just said it was boring. Probably wasn't. Somebody, you know, especially a castle lover would say, would you believe this castle's not made it? And I'd say, yeah, we're in, I don't know where the hell we are. Believe me, I just don't want to stop and think about it because I got Drake here. He's a human, living human. We're going to see Garland. She's a queen. But as far as I know, you know, it's mind boggling. Okay, let's just keep, let's keep it. And then I get to the bottom of the stairs. This much is clear. Oh, and standing in front of me is frickin', uh, what do you call that thing? The, the dude Wesley. I said, geez, I don't know his last name. Uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts. And he's like some sort of, uh, I, I'm sure I said, geez, this guy is, uh, and then I said, is that Carrie Hughes, right? Carrie Hughes. And I would say, uh, I know Quentin Tarantino's not going to listen to this. So I would say to the next young person out there who will be, you know, there will be another person. It won't be the same as Quentin Tarantino, but uh, uh, up and coming, you know, you see, because Quentin Tarantino has been so good about uh, finding these diamonds in the rough or resurrecting these careers. I mean... Uh, uh, John Travolta, and now Christopher Waltz, who seems to be a star of the new Bond movie. I mean, holy mackerel. So, and then, you know, the beloved Kurt Russell. And I would say, Jay, you know, or maybe Quentin Tarantino, what about Carrie Hughes in a movie? I mean, we, we, we yeah. Uh, but uh, standing in front of me, I thought it was Carrie Hughes. And then, it, and then I heard the beautiful, like I said, the sweet... Uh, tones, the near tearful, tearful twinkle in her voice, a Ju- Ju- Judy Garland. And she sang a little Hills Are Alive to be silly. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, well, where's uh, Hepburn? I said, where's our little Hepburn in, in Montoya? And she said, meeting us there. And I said, are we taking, uh, you know, we, we message, you know, tubes, uh, muskies tubes or flying by eagles. And Garland said, you, you don't have a costume. And I said, yeah, clearly, clearly I don't. I, I'm going, I said, I, I, uh, I have personal business to attend to. And she said, you can't go without a costume. I said, I'm not going to the party, Miss Garland. And Drake said, what do you mean you're not going to the Halloween? I said, it's time to go. We could discuss this on the way if we're flying by, if we're going by way which we can have a conversation. And then Judy Garland whipped out her foil again, her Wesley foil. And she said, Zane, we are ready for your music. I think that's what she said. I couldn't understand. I think she said Zane. 
And for a second I said, like, Billy Zane, Billy Zane. And then Drake elbowed me and I said, oh, like a Zane I should know. And I would have said she should have said Hans Zimmer because all of a sudden I hear one of the sweetest sounds in my book, which is uh, organ music. Some, somewhere between Interstellar and Halloween, uh, someone, some genius wrote, wrote a little uh, organ uh, song. And this was, you know, some sort of castle-based organ system. But what I did not realize was, I mean, I could feel, you know, when, you, when you're really getting hit with it. When I was at Interstellar, I was in the front row of that movie. Now, it happened to hit the gold mine in front rows. Because this was a movie theater that had uh, maybe some sort of repurposed thing. So between the front row and the screen, you're talking like 20 feet. So this was the one front row you'd want to be in. And so when that organ played, oh, it was hitting. And this was even more powerful. It, 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 my atoms, you know, I said, uh, you know, my dark matter was dancing. And I said, okay, I'm going to tell them I'm going as dark matter and quarks if they ask again. And then all of a sudden, Judy Garland said, get close. And I started to feel myself swept away by music. And, every, you know, you hear that all the time. And the music swept me away. Or I swept away in the music or, you know, swept it. Or so, so come sail away. But this music actually, it more buttered us away. It, it kind of picked us up on some sort of cushion of powerful, uh, you know, two ba I guess two bass tones because they're coming through tubes. Now, clearly there's some more sort of mystical powerful element here. But we were carried on the music. Now, what was nice about it is that the music, we were on the music, so we weren't in the music. So it was like the three of us were sitting there, and I got to tell you, uh, probably not realistic to have a music-based bed, since this technology—I don't even know what the hell it was other than an organ and the sweetness of Judy Garland, and you know, some, but but uh, it was so comfortable. You know, you say, you think about being on a cloud. You know, everybody thought about that. You know, and, and I've you know I've worked that metaphor to to to, to extreme levels. Or you think about, geez, what's the perfect bed made out of, you know, you know, kitten feathers or <laughs> I was just kidding there uh, or whatever, you know, baby's tears. I don't know. Baby tear waterbed. Is that is that too strange? See, so it is Halloween. OK, so I got to go down, you know, got to do. But this traveling by organ, traveling on organ music. Now, let's be, be clear. It was just damn comfortable, and I think it was the density of the, you know, again, I don't know any music, but it was like, uh, it was just great. And I said, this is really going to piss off my piano teacher, too. I said, and uh, Judy Garland slapped me high five. And I said, why didn't you tell me, Theta, you know, I, you know, and she said, you're doing good. And she said, you're not going to be dark matter for, uh. Uh, your, your costume. I said, no, I'm backup. Don't worry. I'm backup. I said, I don't trust Thado. I don't trust, uh, I did trust my piano teacher. And then Drake said, well, why didn't you practice? Screech. And I said, I said, don't, don't push me, Drake, because I will find a skirt and, uh, you know, I'll put, you know, I will put, make myself into the 
the worst Lisa Turtle you've ever seen. And suddenly, you know, it'll be saved by the bell, bell saved by the building. And uh, me, you, you, you and Lisa Turtle, it'll be A.C. Slater and Lisa Turtle's wedding, Drake. And we'll be headed, and then Judy Garland started egging, egging it on. But Drake was just going just along with it. You know, he's a little, a little and he was saying, no way I would get raw with that. And I said, you better believe it. You'd be r r running uh, AC's wedding, you know, raw. And they kind of did that, like they just both looked at me. And Garland said, well, what's the plan? I said, well, where, where the hell is Hepburn? And I said, I just wanted to, I've been wanting to say that. Where in the hell is Hepburn? I wish I was a big uh, a director back then, because I'd say, where in the hell is Hepburn? Get her on this damn set. And Judy made it. I said, don't worry, I'll, I'm planning on multiple apologies to her. And she said, she's, and I said, is she going to meet us out front? Because we're going to do multiple reveals. And I said, is this like a, I said, this is like a dictate, you know, she said it's a rocking party. And as we got close, the party sounds started to put a little vibration into the, the uh, choral, whatever you call them. Did I say they were organ-based tones we were riding on? And uh, Judy Garland said, do you, do you have a plan? I said, I, n no. I said, I thought you, I said, I, I had a plan to pick out good costumes for you. And I have a plan to introduce you, you know. And then I ripped off my clothes and I had a cheap tuxedo on underneath it that I had designed for me all night long. By You know, I'd stayed up all night with the royal costumer. And I said, you guys don't have to worry. I said, the only thing you need to worry about is that I'm, you don't need to worry. I'm more, I said, my middle name's Worry. So I, I have what we should be worried about on my mind. But I'm also confident. I mean, you, if you should, I said, what is that material, by the way, Miss Garland? That looks so comfortable. I mean, it looks, it looks like, I mean, obviously it was just a magical universe, but it looked like they had taken all the best things about spandex and all the best things about Cool Max, all the best things about cotton, and then maybe, and then, da I, I said, how the hell do you get a dash of crushed velvet on anything? I, I said, when you're making clothes, and she just laughed, and I said, uh, but so if you, if, if I haven't been clear, Judy Garland's dressed as Wesley the Dread by Roberts from Princess Bride, Drake is dressed as A.C. Slater from Saved by the Bell, and as our tones take us in, I see where we're headed. I, 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 I see it's like far away, so I say, I say, what is that? I say, it looks like and my stomach does a little uh, vibration, like a little, like almost, what do you call that when it's uh, reactionary? And I say, oh, I said, what was that? And I, and I, because I was just about to say how confident I was because we had Judy Andrew, Julie Andrews, and Mumble Bear ready to go, and I'd, I'd seen um, you know crystal ball images of them and uh, Joan Crawford, who no matter what history says in this story seems like uh, no no problems so far. And I you know I'm the person that has problems with people. So and her her costume is along with her date Super Dave Osborne, and then it starts to get clear, and I start to think I'm in some sort of deja vu. Because I say my stomach again does twice its shakes. 
And I say, oh, no. And, and, and then I start to hear uh, the, the choral, you know, the, the what do you call that, the, them playing the organs. And I notice I'm sinking through the organs, and Drake and Judy Garland are kind of panicking. But my ears have already hit the organ, so I can, all I can hear is what would be wonderful organ music if it wasn't in the center of it, and it's a terrible organ music. But they can't compare to the vibration in my stomach is what I see in front of me is the street where my piano teacher lived. And what I see in front of me is a giant version of her house. And, 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 and I don't know, something on my lizard level has, has erupted in a way that I can't, uh, can't, can't possibly process. And as I start to sink deeper into this, uh, both uh, emotional turbulence and the musical turbulence, you know, I reach up for Drake and uh, Judy Garland, but and then I, is a, I must have hit a, a, a higher note uh, that was tra I said, oh, that's a good question for a scientist. Uh, do notes travel at different speeds or not? Uh, do higher notes travel at uh, different speeds or not? I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I have no clue. Uh, so I started speeding up and I shot past Drake and Judy Garland and I started shooting towards the, uh, uh, the front yard of my, and I said, okay, don't fall into, I said, okay, try to stay in, in the present, feel your hands and your feet, feel your hands and your feet. And I felt like I was picking up, picking up speed. And then I, I said, okay, it's going to try to shoot me through the door. And it was, uh, I was shrinking down to the size I was as a piano, you know, or maybe even bigger, but I felt even smaller. Or maybe I was overreacting, but I tried to go into a dive mode. And I said, if I can get into the front grass, maybe I... And then I dove into the front grass. And I went like halfway through. Maybe no, not even halfway through. My hands in my up to my armpits went into the ground. And I, my head poked through the ground. And of course, it was a chamber of partying uh, uh, mole people. The parties are for all, you know. This is like the party for the whole universe, I think. And they, they, they said, uh, they said La Posada. And I said, no, no, Lisa, Lisa Turtle, Lisa Turtle. And I must have, uh, I guess, at some point I started. To, maybe I took. I mean, I did have a Lisa Turtle costume uh, with my. And they said, oh, no, 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 that's just uh, front yard grass. And I said, oh, La Poseidon, like I look like an upside-down Poseidon. And I said, you guys got to get me. And I said, oh, boy. And he said, Trabajando work. Dig, I don't know. And I was just making a thing with my head, and then they just pushed me back out. And I said, well, that was strange. And I looked around, and I don't know how much time, you know, time gets weird in these worlds. But I didn't see anybody around. I didn't hear any. I just heard a thumping, a thumping of music. And I said, okay, well, I better not go in the front door because something, something's afoot. And I said, I need to figure out what's afoot. So I went around the back. 
and then it was the backyard of my piano teacher's house. Now, her son had lived with her, and he was always working on cars. And so there was a lot of cars back there. And I said, well, this is very... And then, it, then my stomach quaked again because they said, I looked at myself, and I was a boy again. I said, oh, no. And I, I, I said, I, and then I saw, I could see into her house from her backyard. She had like a sliding glass door and she would have the recitals right in her living room. You know, right at the same piano we would have our classes at. You know, just a little intimate gathering in the living room. And the kids would wait in her den and I saw all the parents there. And I, I usually would try not to get, I would usually try to tell my parents, you know, that there was no recital was canceled. I just have class, except when my sister was taking piano lessons. And luckily, since my parents had six kids, only one of them could come usually anyway, because I would always be playing chopsticks and one other song. That was just in like lesson one, you know, chapter one, lesson four, like uh raindrop on the roof i think it was called it was just like ding 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 if you would clap lightly and and i mean when i played chopsticks you know that's a that's a kill basically she said that kills you know i mean one day i thought maybe i'll work my way up to that but and I think once in a while one kid, a kid would play that, and I would salute them internally and say, what damn good job. We got ourselves a future show person, you know. But then I came to because I said, okay, I've tr I said, I hope I'm still in the same universe, but this is clearly a piano recital day. And I said, I guess I'm little Andy. And I said, I, I said okay, internal thing, run. That, that was, I'll be honest, fight or flight instinct kicked in. It was flight. And so I had to counter. I said, please, for the love of Judy Garland, for the love of Ju Julie Andrews, for for the love of, of Joan Crawford, for Canada and Drake, for Super Dave Osborne, for Mumble Bear, uh, take one step closer to the house. And then I did it again. Take two steps closer to the house. So take three and four. And five, and then I heard the kids, they were all talking. And like I said, my piano teacher had awesome taste in cookies, recital day cookies. Like she had those ones that were like little cakes. They were a cookie size. But it was really like a little layer cake and chocolate. And then she had the punch, which at the time in my youth was the going punch at all children's parties. If you didn't have orange drink, you had this punch, which was... Uh, and I believe the ingredients, well, I guess all these ingredients have been shown to cause, you know, they're toxic now. But it was a Hawaiian punch mixed with, I believe, Sprite. I don't know if it was Sprite or ginger ale. And there may have been a third ingredient, which could have been vanilla ice cream, but it might have just been those two things. And this was a legendary, you know, this was the party punch of you know, the 19, late 80s, I guess this was. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Like, so I said, just get yourself some punch, act, okay, never had to worry about acting cool, and uh, the kid that would one day call me McFly was there, I think he probably had a derogatory nickname for me at the time, but he said, well, it's nerves, it's piano nerves, and then there was a girl that refused to kiss me and spin the bottle game because she was afraid, not out of meanness, that's what she said, was that she'd be afraid that I would fall in love with her. 
for kissing me during spin the bottle, which was probably correct. Uh, so, no, I think she did kiss me on the forehead, and she said, remember, this means nothing. And I said, not to me it doesn't. Oh, boy. I said, not to me it doesn't. It means everything. But they were all there. But all the kids, they were saying stuff to each other. They said, one kid said, uh, Zuzu now record. And I said, what? And then I tasted the punch. I tasted neither like Sprite nor Hawaiian punch nor generic versions of those. Nor something like it, like ginger ale and Hawaiian punch. And then a kid said to me, Ergoon? And I said, is Thado in the house? And then the kids all nodded, and I said, okay. I said, listen, they said, I might look like a kid, but I'm an adult now. And he said, he said, I don't know what's going on here, but y'all look pretty, pretty scared. It's okay. Everyone just eat your cookies. The cookies taste good. And some of the kids said, man, it was a... They said, my kid said, March 13. I said, March 13th? And then someone said, the kid said, Vic, Vic. And he was handing me a cookie. I said, oh, it's eat. Okay. I said, no, no, no. I, I don't want to fill up. I have a battle to do with a, with a, a villainous piano teacher. And then I heard the pluck, pluck, pluck of a, of a, what you, a Baroque era instrument called, a, whatever the hell it was called from last time. You know, the things, the harpsichord, you know, common knowledge, but it, it comes to me a little slower, like that button I talked about. And then I went into this uh, tiny living room, and then I noticed sitting on the couch where it was, well, it was emotionally parents. I saw sitting on one couch Julie Andrews and Mumble Bear, and then sitting on another couch was uh, Drake and Ka Catherine Hepburn, which I went to introduce myself to, but there was some sort of force field. And then I saw the corner of my eye, uh, uh, Ju Ju Judy, Judy Garland, uh, Drake, Super oh, M Mumble Bear was there with Julie Andrews somewhere. And uh, did I say uh, Joan Crawford and Super Dave Osmond? They were all there. But everyone was, was kind of speechless, but they were also, it, it was like a, I said, is this a duality of humanity going on here? And I said, probably not. But it was also still a, a, like a grammar school, piano class, whatever, rehearsal. And I said, okay, just do, just do your best. And I said, is it hot in here? Uh, and then, then I heard Thado, a.k.a. my piano teacher, and she said, she said, have a seat, Andy. It's time for your performance. And I said, okay, okay. And I cracked my knuckles, which I knew she said that was banned. Like you, would, you wouldn't be able to be in the rehearsal to crack your knuckles. Actually, I should, I should elaborate. I tried to crack my knuckles the cool way, which, you know, is the old uh, inner winding fingers, you know, bend them back. And uh, I couldn't do that, so I couldn't do it the cool way, unfortunately. So uh, that was blown, but, it, but I sat down, I said, okay. And he said, do you have to have my uh, sheet music, Miss D? And she, she said, you won't be needing any sheet music. And I said, yeah, that's right, I, I don't need any sheet music because I don't play the harpsichord. And I stood back up, and with the back of my heel, I knocked the uh, piano, well, I guess it was a harpsichord seat down, whatever, bench, uh, spilling out all these things. And I said, I'm not here 
for some uh, paralyzing emotional rehashing of my youth, ending in a, 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 a apology. I already gave you an apology. I'm sorry that I was a terrible piano student. And the room was silent. I think partially because I think the people were locked in the reality. And it's like, if, if a kid did this at the piano, and I said, and I said, all the other kids, come on out, come on out. And, and I said, everybody... They said, something strange is going on here, but let's be in the moment of this piano recital. I said, how many of you, how many of you really like playing piano? And two kids raised their hands. I said, great. And I said, and there's no shame. Everybody that wants to play the piano or enjoys it, raise your hand. And I, I said, uh, how many of you don't want to be here? And then some other kids raised their hands. And I said, I said, okay, parents, do you understand? And I said, parents, if you're here somehow, I know this is some sort of astral projection situation, but if you could see what we've done to this poor piano teacher, and yes, I am the focal point of the wrongdoing because I've done the most wrong, but somehow we've created ourselves a dictator of an entire universe a universe populated by the living and the post-living. And, 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 and I, I need to right these wrongs. So this re recital is no longer, it's over. Everybody go home. And if my theory's correct, you know, this is all an illusion. And as I said that, it all faded away. And uh, Drake actually said, wasn't the name of Steve Spurrier? Because as the spell was broken and we were in a giant uh, ballroom with thousands and thousands of revelers who somehow were reveling the whole time and watching this unfold, but they weren't, you know, disturbing the, the illusion. And the piano teacher said, uh, how did you know? And I said, you didn't, the, the, you, the party, you have the party punch. You didn't, you didn't have a fake party punch. This is a punch from the real party. I said, you, they said, someone, you, he said, I guess since, uh, a wine punch has been outlawed, you can't even get it in this universe. And she said, drats. And I said, plus a harpsichord, you can't create, harpsichords are illusion proof because they're a plucking instrument and not a hammer based, uh, whatever the hell it is. So, you know, those are the reasons why I knew. I said, I said actually, that was a bad move. And I said, why don't you, Thado, Carol? I said, why don't you, and she said, no, 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 we're done with your feel-good things. Uh, I think she wanted to call me Screech, but I think she was going to call me Grinch. I mean, she could have maybe called me Turtle. And then she said, uh, Vic? Uh, chargers, get them. And then all of a sudden, it was like, uh, all of a sudden these guys came out like guards. And I said, w are we having a, a costume contest here? And she said, there'll be no costume contest. This was all, uh, and I said, this was all a misguided attempt. But one problem, Thado, you agreed to, to, to do a costume contest. You held a traditional... Halloween party, and I guess you thought that your your illusion and your return to childhood would destroy me. And then she weeped for a minute and said some really bizarre stuff that I'll keep away from you. I think she thought we'd get married. I, I honestly think that, and that I would apologize so profusely. 
and that we would rule this uh, universe with iron, uh, you know, little plucking, not an iron fist, because uh, like whatever instrument, you know, plucks the harpsichord. Uh, I'm presuming that's iron. It would be like a couple of a couple of iron pluckers ruling over this universe. So she, I guess she was upset that her plan was terrible, but, but you know. And she, she, she said, "Get them!" And I said, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" I said, "Who's here for a costume contest?" And then I'd be honest. I, I since I had a tuxedo, it does give me mild authority. I jumped on a table. I said, "Microphone, please!" And if you could see Drake's f f f face light up for me, and Super Dave and Mumble Bear. And I said, "You know, doing the color commentary tonight is going to be Mumble Bear for a minute." And I went through the room. And to be honest, it was, you know, your standard party level of uh, uh, costumes, wide variety, and, you know, stuff like, you know, I see each, you know, only one Trump, two, two you know, four Trumps, you know, so I say, you, you, Rand Paul, you're going to have to leave. And he said, I'm Ron Paul. And I said, hit the road, you know, and then he said, no, I'm Ron Paul. I, I, I need you to free me, too. And I said, he said, I don't have time for this, buddy. I said, it's, it's going to be a stroke of midnight, and then we're going to be busting on a technicality here. But me and Mumble Bear, we did some material, like commenting on people, you know, Scooby-Doo. And then I'd say, Mumble Bear, what we, this was the funniest part, so I'll just give you that. I said, Mumble Bear, you know, it kind of pretended like we were hosting. He said, what was your favorite costume outfit tonight? And Mumble Bear was saying, that's me, that's me, and I would say, did you say the king of Minos? And I would say, did you say Rudy? I'm sorry, what? And it, it became painful, which was, you know, my method. I said, well, who who wants to listen to me and Mumble Bear? And who wants to get down to the costume contest? And I said, defending the evil universe, we have a piano teacher whose spirit was broken by an evil young boy who, who has apologized and he cannot do, you know, for wrongs he could never possibly write. He is sorry. So sorry. But just being irritated by a horrible young boy does not give you the right to, uh, uh, to take a dictatorial stance in another universe. And the costumed that creature is costumed as a dictator and a, uh, a harpsichord player, uh, but it really is. My, and then, and then uh, Theta, aka Carol, wanted to explain her how we. And I said, No, 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 no. If you got, I said, there will be no explaining. I said, Contestant number one. Harpsichordy will call you. And then I said, Ladies and gentlemen. You know, the U.S. relations with Cuba have been thawing. I know you're up here in your strange little world. And a lot of you wonder where it all started. Where did the trouble all start? Well, I don't really know my history of anything, but I would think it started with a couple of missiles and a couple of guys named uh, Ingalls and... Uh, uh, and Marks or Marks or somebody... And a man uh, named, and then spotlight swings down, and Joan Crawford's there.
And I said, Fidel Castro. And she strolls out smoking a stogie, turns around, shoots out her hair. Mambo, we'd, we'd set up with the band ahead of time. Mambo plays, and across the room dances the most strangest uh, uh, combination of music. She said, it's not a drag, uh, Marilyn Monroe. But you say, Jesus, is that, is that my older aunt dressed as Marilyn And it was Super Dave Osborne as Marilyn Monroe. But with such a joy, well, there wasn't, he didn't seem like he really liked it. He seemed, but but he, he did his best because he's an actor and a performer. And he danced across the floor and started dancing. And I said, contestant number one, Fidel Castro, anybody know who that is? And thank goodness somebody said uh, Joan Collins. And I said, well, that person's going to be doing the costumes next year, buffoon. And I said, who, who here's heard of the Olympics? And then Mumble Bear was gone, you know. And I said, what's the most boring uh, thing in the Olympics? And people said, oh, so, you know, I, I said, well, I said, what's more boring than that? I said, what if you took something... That's unwatchable, unless someone you know and love is running in it. And you put it on a TV, and you said, well, geez, we're just going to catch a couple highlights. And then I said, what, I said, what, what, no one could guess. I said, what is, what, what, Chariots of Fire, boom. And then they started playing Chariots of Fire. And I said, once upon a time, there was a woman who loved to run, a woman who hated shoes. That woman's name, Zola Bud. And she rounded the turns. And it, this was, I think, in America. I think in Zolabud was from another UK. And hot on her heels was one Mary Beth or Joe, Mary Decker. And then, you know, a life size bear in a running tracksuit is so cute, you know. And then they were racing around the room and then they collided. And I said, you know, and I said, you know, one. A shoeless person who would live forever in infamy, Zola Bud. And they said, everyone can just say that with me, Zola Bud, Zola Bud. And then we start chanting, Zola Bud. And I said, that is a name for Channing. And then, you know, her, her and, you know, Julie Andrews, they said, is a very active seeming person. So she was, run, you know, they were, it was so fun. And then someone said, who the hell is that? I said, it's Zola Bud. And they said, well, that's not a costume. I said, You're, uh, it's a costume. It's so good. And then Julie Andrews jumped up on a table and sang, the hills are alive. And she held that note until some glasses broke, I think. And then she jumped off the table. And the room was stunned, obviously. And then I guess uh, DeAndre didn't show up. I, something about the universes or something. But then uh, confused uh, Spanish swordsmen wandered into the room. And meanwhile, this was like we, at first it was uh, it was like street theater or something. Asking people, have you seen a man with six fingers or whatever the hell it is? It was a man who requested this sword, and it looks like. Uh, they said, those sweet locks, were those Mandy Patinkin's real locks, or were they, was that a wig? And for a second I said, is that Mandy fucking Patinkin? And I said, where the hell's uh, Hepburn? But then I caught, and I said, I think that is Hepburn. And I still didn't know, but it, especially as I don't know, 
And then they said, man, this Hepburn is a freak. No wonder she's so beloved. She starts doing, uh, she's introducing herself as in the Indigo Montoya. And then she jumps up on a table. And I said, there's a lot of table jumping at this party. And she points her sword at Dado and does the whole Indigo Montoya. You know, he's good, my father prepared to die. But all of a sudden, across the room, uh, you hear Indigo stop. And then you see uh, Spotlight searching for the go. Sado's mine, and it's it's Wesley. Well, at first it was Dread Pirate Roberts, and then everyone goes, oh. and then she pulls the mask from her face, and it's Wesley. I mean, Gar Garland Wesley. And she's right there with Sado. And then, I'll be honest, it's a spoiler, because this is just a podcast. I climbed under the table. I did have a buttercup outfit on, of course. I was just kidding about the Lisa Turtle thing and not having it. And I had a wig and everything. And I climbed back out. And the next thing, as soon as I climbed back out, Dado's standing there, grabs me, and starts running. And I said, is this street, is this acting or am I in trouble? And then the, uh, Wesley's like, stop. And then uh, it, it became like, a, what do you call that when people say zoinks? You know, uh, madcap caper, like scene. Because you had uh, my piano teacher, who obviously being a dictator, and maybe the harpsichord's good for your muscles, is carrying me, dressed as Buttercup, being chased by... Judy Garland as Wesley, was, was top speed. Catherine Hepburn as Indigo Montoya, with their swords drawn, or their foils, I guess they're called. Uh, right behind them is uh, Zola Bud, a.k.a. Julie Andrews, and uh, Mumble Bear is Mary Decker, and then uh, Fidel Castro, and uh, Super Dave Osborne as Marilyn Monroe. And I said, oh, boy, I'm in trouble. And then my piano teacher was making a run for the, the, the sliding doors where the illusion had started where I walked into her house. And I said, okay, it's some sort of, and who steps in front of the sliding doors? But A.C. Slater and uh, A.K.A. Drake crosses arms. And I think A.C. Slater was big on doing the old crossed arms um, uh, bicep pump up, you know, where he put his knuckles behind his I mean, I'm sure he had good buys. I'm positive of it, but you know, he, you know, when there's a picture, you know, do do a little push-up eyes, you know, say, geez. So he was doing that, which made him even more intimidating. And then Sado uh, skidded out, uh, and I think Drake did say some sort of line from A.C. Slater, but I, it was like schools in session or something like that, or not again, Morris. I don't know what it was, but it was. I mean, he did Mario Lopez, Canada. I can tell you again, you could be proud of this Drake, you know. But uh, my piano teacher, she slid, and then she started heading in another direction. And I, I, said, uh, I said to myself, what in the heck? And I started to wriggle. I said, I got to get this. I said, stop. And, and, and then, I, I, and then I, I was trying to wriggle out. And I said, oh, Zola, but, and I said, Zola, bud. Zola, bud. And everybody started chanting, and then uh, they blocked the door. And I said, I think we have a winner for the contest, and everyone erupted in joy. And then everyone was chanting Zola Bud, and then I went up to the stage, because I guess I became the MC at some point. 
And uh, I said, I'd like to present this award uh, to, you know, I just used more barefoot. I, I said, a good thing I had a book of barefoot running jokes, uh, most, you know, insolvent jokes, but, it, you know, you don't need to hear them because I, I don't even remember them and they weren't good. But I said, ladies and gentlemen, you're a winner. You're new. I said, are you going to be a dictator? I said, is this a dictator? You know, are you going to wear shoes? What are, what's going to be the, is that your first thing? It's dictator. And Julie, Julie, Julie Andrews stepped up and she took the mic from me and she said, no, because, you know, I, obviously I, I got to return to earth for a little while longer. And I said, oh boy. I said, can you sell short stock? I said, don't let anybody get that out. That's uh, insider trading. I said, how long do you have, though? And she just laughed, and I said, I'm sorry, I just, I've named Julie Andrews. And she said, I'd like to turn things over to the real hero, the one who started. And I said, no, 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 I can't run. And she said, the one we love, the one who stole our hearts and kept stealing them. And then they, their eyes, her eyes got flushed. And I said, these two really care about each other, Ju Julie Andrews and Judy Garland, and even Joan Crawford. She tried to get in in the hug, but I said, okay, well, I said, uh, I said she seems more of an introvert Crawford. And Hepburn did not break out of character. She was like freaking Andy Kaufman or something, working in the room still. And looking for, and I, and I think, um, I'll be honest, I think I saw Christopher Guest there. I was worried for his safety. But luckily he was dressed, I think, as, uh, I think he's Christopher, what was his name? Kevin Klein. Christopher Dress, Dress was dressed as Kevin Klein. I know, strange, but she said, I turn, you know, the power of this universe over to Judy Garland. And then Judy Garland said, you know, she said some nice things about me, but I don't want to say it. But she did give me, she said, do you want to say anything? And I said, I do. I said, anyone out there? You know, there's been a lot of pomp and circumstance tonight in the past five or six weeks in this uh, little quest we've been on. I said, but, but you know, I said, I, I said, because Theta was still there. I said, you know, it's important to apologize, but maybe sometimes it's important to apologize for a third or fourth time. And to any kids out there, don't be afraid. You know, start start learning to say no early, kids. And say it a lot. And then Mumble Bear said, I don't know. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. He said, you know, I don't know. If you don't like piano, don't take piano lessons, okay? And uh, don't be afraid to say you don't like piano. Uh, because you don't want to take any piano time away from the kids that do. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being a terrible piano student. And, it, and in some sense, and I know this is is not 100% true, but at times a terrible child. And I said, would you forgive me? And then it, somehow that broke the spell. And I'm not trying to put myself out as like the Frog Prince or anything like that. It, and I said that to her, actually. I said, I'm pulling like, I said, we will not be getting married, uh, Sado, uh, piano teacher. And she said, I know, you got to return to your world. I got to return to mine. And I gave her a really big hug. And he said, I'm really sorry. Uh, if I could do it again, I said, then I wouldn't have material for this podcast. So I would have be torn of what to do. But I said, if I could do it again, I'd eat a hell of a lot more of those cake cookies. I'll tell you that much. Because, And I said, you know what? I appreciate all your effort. Maybe that's what I should have said at the time. 
your hard work. I bet you weren't making a lot of money. And I know you had a day job, so thank you so much. And I'm sorry I couldn't appreciate it at the time. And it sure wasn't easy for my parents to have a kid. They were paying a good piano that wasn't doing anything. And, you know, they could have spent the money on something else, too. And for my brothers that could have taken piano. But, you know, obviously that was it. Once, once you know, I ruined the piano teacher, you know, word gets around. So, and then they, Drake said, hey, it's time for us to go. And Drake, Mumble Bear, Dave, Super Dave Osborne, Julie Andrews. I think there was like a, actually a bus. I saw a line for the bus. I saw Christopher. I said, oh, this is where you return to the, I said, we, he said, is Michael Keaton here? But Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Uh, but still no sign of Beetlejuice. And uh, no, I, I honestly forget what happened after that. I just remember having my arms around some of the most uh, wonderful people from an earthly world and another world. And I remember Drake and Mumble Bear singing. And then they started singing, you know, The Hills Are Alive. And Drake was doing some freestyle. And I think we did, actually, I think we stayed up all night. We did do, uh, I mean, you should have been there. We did, uh, we reenacted The Wizard of Oz. But I was, it was like I did it in character. I was Screech as the uh, Scarecrow. I think, yeah, we reenacted it with the Saved by the Bell cast. And it was pretty good. And I don't know if Saved by the Bell ever did that episode. Uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen was Dorothy. Who, uh, believe it or not, uh, Crawford and Hepburn, you know, argued over that. But I won't tell you who played Tiffany Amber Thiessen or, you know, the other characters. Maybe one day, you know, say, I mean, I know your first question was Belding, the, the Wizard of Oz. And I'll say I can't answer that question. Who is a wicked witch? That's what you should be wondering. And, of course, well, I can't tell you. Maybe another day you'll hear that story. A little Saved by the Bell. Uh, it wasn't fan fiction because we were doing it live. But I'm glad you're here. And this is me, you know, with a little Lisa Turtle inside of me saying goodnight. I want to say thank you and goodnight. I want to say goodnight. I want to say goodnight to Tabitha and her husband and her son and their banjoy zipper. I want to say goodnight to Jovany. Jovany. Yovani, Yovani, I want to say, uh, P, thank you for the very uh, touching email. Good night, Camille. Happy Mum, good night. Martina, good night to 99% of you and 1% of you. Oh, Lulu, good night. Ren B, good night. And to the stats, you do good night. For, you know, until tomorrow when it's work time. Fail Zapper, good night. And Hoi Sean, Sean, Shauna, Hoi uh, Shauna, uh, good night, Fail Zapper's friend. Uh, good night, Dana on Facebook. Good night, Diane. Good night, Lida, Nick G, Mel R, Ashley, Ab's wife, and Jennifer B. Good night. Good night, Carrie. Good night, Laura. Good night, Alexandra and Brian. Good night, Roberto and Julie R. Good night, Libby. Good night, Angie B. And your comments. Thank you on the website. 
and over on YouTube. Good night, VN. And over on iTunes, if sleeping me back, com slash iTunes. I want to thank everyone for the reviews. Wild Lily, who like the flower, like the wild horses of flowers in, in swamps. Thank you and good night. Did I even tell a story? Did I even say thank you? Good night. Best sleep aid, says Artsy Nerd. And Artsy Nerd was dubious. I love the, the, that word dubious. It's so nice, like skeptical. Is a little hard sounding, but dubious is a little more. So I might start using that instead of skeptical. Yeah, dubious, and then it's easier to go into a little uh, scatting doob doob doo instead of skeptical. You gotta go, you know. Then you get into your peptic type words, which could cause indigestion. Instead of saying doobie doobie dubious, I'm feeling dubious of Scooter because he's something that rhymes with dubious. Now let's move on. I want to say thank you to uh, GLH09 who says amazing. Good night to GLH and all the brain bots, but especially brain bot number 09. All the way from Canada, Lamb Chop 55. Now, says uh, it's like being in a dream before you sleep. I'll tell you what's a dream. Is having a brain, brain bot that belongs to Lamb Chop, who I think was a, a puppet, one of the first puppet comedians, had a little thing called Lamb Chop. And I never became a puppet comedian or a puppeteer or, you know, but I said I, I always liked puppets as a kid. And I remember Lamb Chop. I can't remember much about it because it was a little bit before my time. But thank you, Lamb Chop. Uh, Kai Baby says, if you can't sleep, here's your answer. Good night, Kai Baby. Thank you. What a delight. What a delight. Uh, from Kai. Thanks. And it rhymes with hi. And I won't lie. Your review made me sigh. One day, just if I reread enough, it might make me cry. But don't ask why. Just say goodnight and thank you, Kai. Uh, Melissa, Melissa Ann says it's magic. Oh, thank you, Melissa Ann. And Melissa Ann says no reason to ask why for Melissa or Kai, as long as it goes on forever. Purist 2, so that's a, that's a top brain bot number 2 in the purist camp. All the way from Australia, meandering into sleep. Uh, they find it intriguing and it gently works. It's it's not everyone's cup of tea, I'll agree with you too, purist. It's unusual, but our amiable storyteller deliberately drones on, rambling and meaningless, quietly funny wordplay, like having a radio on, but without disturb. Well, yeah, I do my best, thank you. And it's an amusing change, thank you, purist. Hammering Amps says, as advertised, and they've just moved to Denver, Colorado, and it's hard to sleep at altitude. Well, thanks, Hammering Hamp. And I like that. I like the way that sounds, Hammering Hamp. It's like a hamper that's a baseball player, you know. They say, Jesus, is it, who's playing third base? Is that a hamper? And then most people would say, what's a hamper? 
And he said, well, now it's just something you buy. At, now it's called a Schmerleg when you buy it at Ikea, but they used to be called hampers. Uh, but, but yeah, he, that is a hamper. That's hammer and a hamp, the uh, hamp, a baseball ham. Is it a hamster? No, it's a, what was the word again? A hamper. It's like hamster, but the hamster's playing outfield, you know. And is that the hammer and hamster? No, no, hammer and ham plays third. The hamster in the outfield is Gary uh, uh, Zubikov, is a, but he happens to be a hamster, but he's Zubikov. And, you know, we tried to call him Zuba, you know, Zuba the hamster, but then just Zuba. But he, he you know, he didn't like it. He, he chewed up all the bats one night. And the team had to forfeit that game, and they said, "Why'd you do it, Zuba?" And then he chewed up, you know, chewed up all the lockers because they had, you know, beautiful wooden lockers. But yeah, he they, that's hammer and hamp on the, the 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 hamper that plays baseball back. You know, don't worry about Zubikov. Just call him, you know, Mister Zubikov is what Gary likes to be called, or Gary if you're friends with him, like I am. But we just wanted to thank Hammer and Hamp. Uh, Joe Zal from Erie uh, says it's an insomniac's dream. Mildly entertaining. Boom, you nailed that. And a trigger to fall asleep. Kind of like suggestion. But, but you know, more like, what does Scooter suggest when he suggests it's time to go? Well, he doesn't really suggest stuff. He kind of mentioned it as well as that. It's the power of slobgestion, I'd say. It's like a, it's a slurgestion, slurgestions. He doesn't suggest anything. He kind of slurs, more slobber, or a slur, however you like your s slur words. But thanks, Joe Zale. Uh, C. Lai Jane says it's the podcast that puts you to sleep, the best podcast that puts you to sleep. And it always works for C. Lai Jane. C. Jane Lai. C. Jane. And then remember there was those books with Dick and Jane at some point. Awesome Don Stoner says it really puts me to sleep. Now the bad news for Don Stoner is Don Stoner just missed being in 420th of something, I think, the 420th written review in the U.S. And I can't believe the odds, and I, I cannot, I'm not, I'm not joking or making this up to be funny. But I think Don Stoner was like review 422. So just to be in the 420s, he might, may, Don Stoner may have been 418, but let's say Don Stoner is 400, officially you're 420. In my book, Don Stoner. And Don's probably some 80-year-old friendly man. What, what do you mean, Don? For, what's 420 stand for? I remember about Adam Route 420. I had a little chicken feed. And I ran down that road. It was raining that day. And, you know, I, I was trying to get home to, to watch the uh, Country Time Lemonade Theater they had back in those days. And what were we talking I was trying to figure out what you meant was 420. Were you talking about Route 4? Yeah, that's what I was talking about, Don. Mr. Stoner. A uh, girl in the red pants uh, says it's a true insomnia aid. Girl and the lady in the red pants is writing a review to me. It's nearly clear that I appreciate the... And a lady girl in the red pants 
uh, girl in girl in red pants. Wait, what girl in the? I may have mispronounced that. No, girl in red pants. And it says magical stuff. I think your review is magical to me. Uh, so very clear. Uh, X or Doc X uh, wrote a really nice long review. So I'll just say thank you and read this so gently to shent you off, rest you right off to sleep. This is from X or Doc X. Lullaby uh, for adults. Remember being a child in bed the night of the big holiday, falling asleep to the comforting muffled sounds of pleasant Hushed conversation between relatives, uh, barely discernible through the wall. The host's voice is soothing, appropriately monotone. Dead air and gaps in speech would be noticeable unless they're absent. Instead, there's a constant, steady stream of consciousness. What is said is incomplete nonsense, but there aren't any story arcs. Simple thoughts often go incomplete as new as new ones suddenly come up, sometimes tangential, sometimes completely unrelated, kind of like a hamp, you know, kind of like hammer and hamp. Yeah, but always some somehow sounding as natural and appropriate like flowing water. It's a warm tone and a soothing cadence of Bob Ross without the requisite attention to what is being said or done. Another reason the podcast works for me is I'm using my iPad in bed before sleeping has become routine for me, which any sleep doctor will tell you is terrible sleep hygiene. Makes it harder to sleep without the routine, but in following this iPad routine, I become increasingly stimulated as I play games or read through the headlines on the Internet. Worse, I listen to podcasts that make me think or laugh, getting me farther and farther from sleep. Sleep with me allows me to keep that part of my sleep routine of using my iPad without stimulating my mind. I find that when I'm trying to sleep, my thoughts drift from normal everyday ones to taking on a dreamlike element that, would nor that wouldn't run through my mind if I was awake and just thinking. In the course of a few minutes, the host to sleep with me brings some phrases and descriptions that evoke images in my head. They seem to give a head stat to my dreamlike thoughts. Like a teacher giving a topic and showing a picture to students to help stimulate their writing skills. There are constant digressions without return to the initial story or topic, which has the effect of not needing to pay attention and not stimulating the mind as it listens carefully for closure. There is no closure as far as I can tell, although I've never stayed awake until the end of an episode. Make sure to set the timer so it shuts off after the episode is done. And that's from Zero Xer Docs X. Thank you so much. And thank all of you for the reviews and the support and the kind words and just mostly for listening. I'm glad you're here. The air is just all here. Good night.